Marvel DC, Marvel DC, Marvel DC, 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 Marvel, 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 no image or dark horse. Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Geek Chat. <laughs> Is it on? It's on. All right. Yes, we're talking. We're live, and I can see the little waveform. Waveform. Uh, I'm Desmond. I'm Rich. And we're your hosts for this roughly hour-long delve into comic book goodness. So sit back, strap on your seatbelts, and, and let two geeks... It's going to be a bumpy it's ride. It's going to... Well, I don't know. No, no, this week. Now, if y'all listen to last... Go to the last episode... That was a bumpy. <laughs> that was definitely a bumpy That ride. week was not, you know. So last week, um, it was a smaller week for us, but it ended up we actually liked a lot of the books. Yeah, this yeah, this this past week was was really good. We've um, got a good mix of DC Marvel, and then we've got an IDW and a Dark Horse comic book for yeah. you. And as always, you can go to uh SoundCloud and check out all of our older episodes. We have a ton, six seasons worth, so go check it out. If you ever want to contact us or uh you can send an email to thegeekchat at gmail.com or uh, you can join our Facebook group that is the Geek Chat. Go to Facebook, search the groups for the Geek Chat and join the conversation. We have a very lively discussion about the comics, uh TV, comic TV, you name it, we're talking about it on the Geek Chat. So definitely come by and check it out. So our first comic that we're going to review today is uh, a series that has been going really, really, really strong. It's the uh, part three of the Superman Reborn. It's a four-part uh, special that's going on in the two Superman books, Superman and Action Comics. And I have to tell you, this is is how you do... I don't want to call it an event. I mean, stuff happens in it, but it's it's singular to the Superman books. But it's really good like i really have enjoyed what's going on and that's mostly because we're getting uh we got reintroduced to a new character and it is a character that is directly related to the old uh dc universe and i love how and it's it's a uh, mr mixie i can never say it's mix it's pitalic and i love it because we get to see him and he and for me it's really weird because I believe that this whole Superman Reborn is a giant meta message because, because we, as the, as the reader, basically are like uh, Mr. Mixie. Like we, because he is literally saying, like, it's changed. Everything has changed and it's different. We used to play games. It used to be fun. Now and it's you forgot not. about me. And you forgot about me. You know, and, and I'm, it, it, kept, it kept making me think, like, like what if these characters that are no longer alive because the 50, the DC has changed. What if like we very rarely do we have a character like this, an omnipotent character from the ninth dimension, you know, being able to come in or the fourth dimension, I'm sorry, and be able to come in and, and let, and let the, like, you forgot about me. Like what happened to our stories? What's going on? Why did you do like, we had so much fun, you know? And it's like, Again, that's for me. It's like this weird meta narrative, and like we have, like, do the old things belong just as much as the new things? How can we marry the two worlds? You know, it's that. I think that's one of the reasons why I really like enjoy this because they're really, we're really kind of tackling that a little bit with with all the pictures coming up and all the things that they're saying. And it's like no matter what, 
you know, Lois and Clark, Clark and Lois, you always find each other. And it's like, why is that? Why can't there ever be, you know, someone new? And I think that's because in the new 52, they were separated and they weren't together. Correct. You know, and it's like, no matter what, you always, forces conspire to bring you two together. Now, do you think that that is a good thing? Do you think that that, because of the history between the two and the years that, you know, for some reason she had no clue that you take the glasses off and it's him, and then we get the new 52 and he's with Wonder Woman for that time. Do you, are you happy they're together? Are you happy Lois and Clark are back to being one? Yes. Because here's, I don't want to be one of those people that says like things cannot change. Things can change and they should change. And, but one should be smart enough to know that you should try change, but if change is not working, change it back. You know, and if things and if and if and if things are working the way they are, sometimes you don't need to shake things up. You know, or or the way that they were ch- shaking things up doesn't it's, it's it's unnecessary. And I think with comic books, especially because it is a static form, it's a static medium. We these characters don't grow; they don't change. And I think and I and I think the writers and the editors and all those people. Because it's a it's a property, it's a franchise, and it, and it, and it's and it's a brand, and these people see this, and it's like Superman is a brand, and it's like you can't age that brand because you might you might age out of you know people might not like you because they can't relate to it anymore. So I, so I get say- that, I get that, but at the same time, you can change it because I think the reason why the reason why Superman with a kid is working so much better is because the people that love Superman back in the day now have kids, and the people like people like that and the people you know who are reading it you know because i think it's i think it's false for people to believe that comics are only for kids because they're not definitely not i believe that the people that are reading it now have families and and they can relate to this superman a lot better than they could to like the single superman you know dating wonder woman i mean i thought it was a great relationship you know and i really wish it could have you know, could have lasted in a separate story or in a separate timeline or, or, or in an Elseworlds DC. But that's not what this is about. I want to say another book we're going to be reviewing later. I was going to bring that same thing up. You know, you have Superman and Lois Lane, yet Peter Parker and MJ are no longer. And Marvel has given people the MJ and Peter along with a kid. In Renew Your Vows, mm-hmm. which is the same kind of deal here, but it's not Marvel's real line. You know what I mean? It's not It's not continuity within. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about, later on, yet another romantic, maybe, interest. And you brought up a point about changing things. So for Lois and Clark, you know, that's who we see. It was on the TV shows. It's been in the, well... Kind of the movies when he in the, in that first Reeves was it the first one or the second one where he he admitted to a, her who he was. No, she's in all of them. It's always been them. Yeah, it's always been them. So, do you think that Spider Man should be like this? Do you think maybe we should have MJ with, or are you okay? Are you okay with one and not the other? Um, I really. For the longest time, I really thought that renew your vows, or sorry, one more day was was a bad idea, because it stunted Spider Man and changed him into something that was that was not, that was just weird. It was weird, 
And I think that's why it kind of faltered for a lot of people's, it, it, it skewed a lot of people's expectations about what was going on because they were, they were changing something that in my opinion did not need to be changed in order for shock ratings to try to get something new. That's my opinion uh, about, about that. But and you now, were talking about letting characters grow and stunting their growth. Yeah. The idea was that him having children, which we're talking about loving a book with Superman and Lois having a child. Mm -hmm. Their idea was that MJ and Peter having a child would not register with with, with fans. Correct. Yeah, and I, I think that was a I think I think they were doing a disservice because I'd rather them to try it and then try it and then see if the sales were not there. Sadly, the sales are not there on Renew Your Day. Renew Your Vows. Renew Your Vows because it's not because, because it's, it's not in continuity. It's not in continuity, and I think what's happening is is people. I think sometimes people are subconsciously like they don't like it, you know, because they had their chance to do it and now they don't, you know. And it. And oh, is that what you think? A lot of it might be too. I think people some of don't want to pick it up because they're like, "Well, you had your chance yeah. ten years ago." Yeah, and and again, it's too not little, too late. It's not continuity. Too little, too late. You know, they might be trying to jump on the bandwagon with what Superman is doing. You know, I don't know if they're thinking about that much, but but I am one of those people that, that has read Spider-Man for a very, 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 very long time. And I stuck through him through the whole one more day and, and trying to make sense of his new, of his new reality, what's going on in that, in that comic book. And I think that I'm finally at a place now where, where I've, I've accepted what's going on with Spider-Man and I, and I like what Dan Slott is doing. So you're fine with him dating all these other people? Well, I'm just fine with what has happened because because Dan Slott took what he was given and then he wrote that narrative in, in a way that was entertaining and, and, and it, and it, and it's good. It's like awesome. And so now you're giving me this option to have this other thing with Peter. It's like no, you know, I I could have had that. I didn't have that. Why would I? Why would I read that now? Good you know. Point. Plus, plus, like you said, it's non continuity. So at the end of the day, that reality doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter what happens there. It doesn't matter. You know, people can say like, oh, it does because it's a story. You can just read it for the fun. I'm like, I get that. You know, but what Dan Slott is doing in his in his Amazing Spider-Man run, that's that's. That's my Peter Parker, yeah. you know? And I really, like, I really wanted to, like, renew your vows. I really wanted to do it. I Like, I really was like, ugh. Well, it has Stegman on it, and anything Stegman draws, I'll, I'll, I'll read. But. but that's the thing. It's like, and then with Superman, with Superman reborn, and, and him have, and then him and Lois, and it, it, it felt like, you know, the, like, the first family of DC is, like, back, you know? And it, and it not back, but it's like, this is, Finally, like we get to see Superman as as a dad, and just it just makes sense. And DC did the right thing; they killed off the New Fifty Two Superman and gave or us to did home. they? He's dead. So he's Superman dead. Reborn Part Three. Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason did the story. Patrick Gleason did the pencils. Mick Gray did the inks. John Kalis did the colors, and Rob, or I'm sorry, John did the colors. Rob Lay did the letters. Wow. This episode wait, 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 picks right... Wait, 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 wait. You're thinking that the old Superman is still alive? Seriously. We're, we're going to talk about this. Okay. So, uh, in this, Mixel, Mix Diddleplick, you could, there's a bunch Mix of... Mix blah, 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 blah uh, wants to play a game with Superman like they used to, but the stakes are much higher here because if Superman loses, John disappears forever... No one will remember him. Oh, and 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 their relationship will be gone. And they're yeah, I was getting to that. Yeah, and they're so this is high stakes, and uh, in this trap that he has put them in, John is actually inside the 
the daily uh, planet's globe up on top. What is it? What is it? Daily planet planet? Something like that. Yeah, he, like he made a plane that was just nothing but the daily planet. I, um... I, I loved this issue. So yeah, the, I loved the, the art. The infinite plan. Oh yeah, we're gonna talk about the that. The way he drew Mixie throughout oh, it. Oh my god! You've got some creepy ass pictures. Some fun. He really does draw the evil side of him, though. But but that's what I like about it. like he he can draw the really like the really contemplative you know Mixie, and then he draws the very sinister like the Ooh. Cheshire Cat. There's a two page spread directly in the middle. Where you're looking at a very deranged mixedleplick looking down on a board, a, a board game, and you've got the pieces of Superman and Lois, and you've got these memories. And one of the memories, which was great, was the death of Superman, which Lois was right there for, and the old Jimmy Olsen. Um, John gets some help. And they explain a little bit more about what happened when the New 52 Superman body exploded. And one of the energies went into Lois, which she became Superwoman. And then in the very first uh, issue of her book, spoilers, she died. And now Lana is the Superwoman. Yeah, that red power went into Lana in that picture. But it's interesting. It's going into Lana. Because. Because uh, Lois didn't see it. Right. Because Lois was like, who was that? And I was like, what? Um, so John gets some help from two red balls of energy that speak to him. And I really think it was cool that John was the one really that saved everyone. And that even though Mixie kept calling him cheaters, he knew he had to, you know, this something was going to happen. And what came out of it was this last page where it is the New 52 Superman's costume with Mixie saying, Deja New 52. Uh, Superwoman, I think, is going to get a one-issue maybe crossover having to deal with the energies. Because in her book, she is, Lana is um, unconscious. Well, yeah. And something is happening and her cells are in breaking down. And I think that is going to play into the color shift in this book. I agree with him. The art in this book Gleason knows how to draw children. John looks amazing. Superman looks amazing. The the panels in a lot of it are unconventional panels. Yeah. Um, well, there's one page where I just kept turning it to see the pictures. I just think that this book, so far we're part three in, and it's all been amazing. Only For, four issues? We have not read Superman and we're finally reading it. It's so much fun. The cover is a little misleading because you don't see Oz in it at all. But I'm okay with that because it makes a larger picture when you put them all together. Yeah, it does. And like the weird, uh, the all the, the, the comic covers yep. and like that. Yeah, great, great. But you know, but you know, this made me really, really like want to pull out my old issues. The uh, Emperor Joker storyline. Oh, I yeah. really want to pull that Joe out. Joe Kelly and Ed McGinnis. Yep. It really made me want to pull those issues well, out. Well, because comics used to be fun. When the New 52 hit and they changed everything, the one thing I think a lot of the books lacked was the fun from the from before. Yep. Superman has had serious villains his whole life. But he's also had the prankster. He's had mix He's had... Who else has been fun? 
Atomic Skull. Atomic Skull. No, the point of it is, I, I read this and it's fun to well, read. It's serious, but it's fun. Yeah. And this I, is what I, mean. I just really, and, and I think that's what was missing from from the from uh, the new Fifty Two is that sense of like life that these characters have, and I I really hope that at the end of this two year experiment, we get more. I'm scared. We get more uh, classic. DC characters. So, we're um, gonna, but again, um, when we're done, I'm gonna have to ask you to see if you can get me a graphic novel of Emperor Joker. I'm sure it's, it's available. Print. No, it's available. They reprinted it. You might have to get. I'm gonna have to get it from you because that is awesome. Let's just go right into this because it fits along with what we're saying. And again, an artist that can draw children like children and very imposing men. Yep, and that is uh, Super Sons issue two, uh, two ninety nine from DC Comics. When I grew up. Part two of Lex and Friends. It's uh, Peter J. Tamazi to the story and the words. Uh, Jorge Jimenez uh, is the artist. Uh, you like him. Alejandro Sanchez. Yes, I do. It's a colorist. Rob Lay is the letterer. Um, fantastic story. I love I, these kids. These kids today. Oh. Super crazy with what they're doing and how they're acting. And it's just... <laughs> so we see... You know, Kid Amazo finally is named. He's the kid that, that in the prologue story who is torturing his family for some reason. And uh, he breaks, like he like freaks out and he kills them all except for his little sister who runs away. And so Damien, and then we flash to what happened, our cliffhanger from last episode in which uh, Damien and uh, John are hanging outside of uh, LexCorp in Metropolis, and Super Lex is like, excuse me, boys, you're not supposed to be here. It's a school night. Why does he talk like that? I don't know. I, I kind of think that the Lex, 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 when he's in like Super Lex mode, would sort of talk like that penguin, like 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 a stuffy bird, like, you know you shouldn't be here, kids. Um, so anyway, and, and what does Robin do? Robin, ever the, you know, little bastard, throws John off the rope and tells Lex he can't fly. Knowing that he can't fly. Knowing that he can't fly. And he knew that, you know, Lex being Lex as he's trying to be all quote-unquote goody-goody would save John. And while John is being a distraction, Damien goes in and tries to uh, find out what's going on. Because Damien knows more about, I guess, what's going on with Kid Amazo. I'm not really sure. Um but the reason why he broke in is because he finds out that Kid Amazo is the reason why he is called Kid Amazo, and Rich and I were talking about this, is because he is a survivor of uh he's a survivor of the Amazo virus that happened in and the Justice League last I want to say last year, it was one of their events that happened last year, in which the Amazo virus hit and they had to save everybody, and I guess Five percent of the population retained their powers, as as Damien says. You know, Superman is a is a big picture guy, where Batman is an, is is a details guy. You know, because John was like, my dad said everything was fine, and and Damien's like, no, you know, it's not. Five yeah. percent of the people cleaved the family. So I have it, to I have to say something real quick. Sure. Emperor Joker, I was wrong. It is out of print, huh? No, it is available. I can order it. It's Jeff Loeb and J.M. DeMattis. They were the writers. Yeah, but it was Ed McGinnis. But it was Ed McGinnis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic book. And the reason why, real quick, tangent, reason why it was a great book is because no one knew that Macy was coming at the end. No one knew that. I had no idea what was going on. The whole story was just, it was a page turner. And it was like every page, I was just like, what's fucking happening? What's happening? What's happening? And then I got to the end, I was like, yes! Great book. <laughs> um... 
This is a great book as well, uh, Super Sense number two. We're getting to see them working together. Well, kind of. Well, John is like, I just want to go home. Yeah, but John. Why don't you work with the Teen Titans? Why wasn't I invited to the Teen and Titans? And he's like, you know, you don't know what teen means, obviously, because they're kids. You I would have turned around and went, you're not a teen. Yeah. Actually, he is. Remember, he just turned 13. That's true. They both did just turned 13, aren't they? Aren't they the same age? I thought they were the same age. I think they should be. Anyway. Um, and so they find out what's going on, and, you know, John. You know, I, I like the one-upsmanship that the, the teens do to each other. You know, it's like one you know, Damien is, is is undercutting and talking down to John, but then John will do something that is like super cool, and Damien's like, eh, whatever. You know, one of the best things is when he shot him. So I like the fact that you they forget their teens in the fact that you know they're they're arguing like brothers, and when it's okay for Damien to hit John, but when John pushes Damien, he goes flying because he's got that strength. And I like that. I like the play between the two. Well, I like I like the fact that we didn't forget. Like the writers don't the writers don't forget that they're kids because when John sees like the dead bodies, the dead bodies, like we keep forgetting. I think a lot of people like like he's a kid, and I'm glad that that he's we a have child that's not used to this world exactly and used to being a superhero. And where Damien has killed, like literally killed people before. John is not. So John is still, in some ways, a naive and he's an innocent. And so when well, he, he saw the... He's just learning how to do this. Exactly. And so he doesn't seem to... like. And so Damien, of course, being like, you have to be strong. And so like, like he doesn't understand. Like mm-hmm. he, he doesn't get that because it's been, it's been really bred and, and really sort of beaten out of him. And I liked, I liked that like John saw the bodies and he reacted the way he did because it, it, was, it, was, it seemed like it was natural. And, and, and even though it was most likely to move the plot... Because when you when you see it at the end, you see that the fathers know that the boys have been. I don't think they're the fathers. That's Kid Amazo. That's what I think. Oh, you think Kid Amazo has split into Batman I, and into into I do. Superman? I don't know. I don't think I don't think that they have. But I but I loved it that that in Robin's pages it's a it's a one big splash it's one big splash page and then like cut in the middle and one side you see Damien who is trying to like ever about the the clues and finding out what's going on and you have Superman looking behind him and you know. And then you see uh, John. John is doing what he does. Yeah, he's, he's comforting. For, he's comforting. He's caring for someone. Yeah, because like Amazo's little sister got away. And so, I don't know. And then behind him is Batman. So Rich seems to think that that is, that is I Amazo. Do. I think it's going to be the kid. I'm not sure because we, we've established that Amazo's power is that he can split into duplicates. The sort of like uh, Madrox, the multiple man. But I don't know if he's... R.I.P. I know, right? I just don't know if... We just don't know the extent of, of, of his ability because... Because it was his whole family that was that kept the powers, and they were a low grade superhero family team. And then, we'll see. and then, like the the son went crazy. So we'll I, I I'm interested in this book. I Me think too. The first two, two was a lot better than one. I I've enjoyed the number one as well. This is a really good book. If you're not picking it up, you guys, you really should. And I do want to say that not only does uh, Jimenez do a fabulous job, the the kids look like kids. The clothing looks like clothing. This is yep. one of the books. A lot of flowing. Where when you look at a superhero comic book, it's a lot of times everything's stuck to the flesh. There's no movement. There's a ton of movement. When they're on the bike, which the bike looks amazing. What is it? I can't wait to get into Batwoman. I love that we're getting back into the age of motorcycles and everything that are for the hero. Like the Robin yeah. cycle. Love it. This the Little things like this makes me happy because they're accessorizing. Yeah, they're accessorizing and it, it makes the world seem much more livable. Yep. You know, and 
and and it's great marketing because I can, I would love to have a, a a little you know Damian Wayne you know Robin dirt bike yeah and that this there's one page it looks like Umberto Ramos I mean that is it looks so good that the the flow everything about it really good book. I still have issues one and two. Come pick them up. Oh, I don't. Maybe one we don't have. I think we sold out of one. It's worth it. Pick yeah. it up. Find it somewhere. Pick it up. All right. So the next week we're going to talk about was very, 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 very interesting. Very, and very, very, very wordy. I I actually had no problem with the words. I, I was for sure you'd be like this nope, book is I too was, wordy. I was in it to win it. All right. So we're going to review. Loved it. American Gods number one from Dark Horse Comics. Story and words by Neil Gaiman. Script and layouts by Pete Craig Russell, art by Scott Hampton. With a backup then, story by uh, Pete Craig Russell and Laverne Kinzierski. Letters by Rick Parker. So, there's going to be a TV show, April 30th, starting on Stars, that is a visual adaptation of Neil Gaiman's American Gods. This is the graphic novel adaptation. Of the book. It's not a graphic novel. Well, it will be. It will be collected, of course. It will be a graphic. How many, how many issues is it? I have no clue. Oh, because it just says it number says one. It says ongoing. Oh. But you know how I feel about the word ongoing. Well, this is not a Marvel book, so it's Dark Horse, <laughs> so we never know what's going to happen. So what did you think about it? I, so... Having not read the book. I've I never have read not the read the book. So the funny thing is, I have I saw the commercial for the TV show. Um, yeah, actually, the last night. Yeah, yeah. the trailer. And I was like, whoa. And he was like, so do you want to watch that with me? I'm like, yeah. Now, he read this, The American Gods, number one. So did so did Paul. He read it um, Wednesday. Oh, no, no. Oh, I thought Cook read the book. No, I'm no. Sorry. He hasn't read the book. Oh, okay. So Cause, he read this Paul read the book. He read it on Wednesday and then said he really liked it. He's really looking forward to the TV show. So I went into this book going, okay, I have no clue what it's about. Visually on TV, everything is really cool. So reading this, I was like, I actually was drawn into it. Because you don't know anything about Shadow. I don't know anything about Shadow. I don't even know who's narrating this damn thing. It's him. It's Shadow? Mm-hmm. Speaking in third person? Yep. Or- oh, no, 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 no. It only starts in third person, and then it, and then it goes into his kind of thoughts. Or, or there is a narrator. Does it? I don't think there is. Because even through, Shadow said nothing. You hear his thoughts. You, yeah, because you the stop over. You're right. You're right. There is a, there is a I second. I still have no clue who there is, is narrating second, there this. There is a secondary narrator. Well, maybe it could be one of the gods. Um, very interesting plot. So, if you don't know, this guy called Shadow is in jail. and Stolen battery. Supposed to do six years, only did three. He is mining his P's and Q's. He's not talking to people. He's keeping his body fit. He's keeping his mind fit. And all he's doing is thinking about getting out and seeing his wife. Yep, good behavior. Spoken when spoken to. Does not let people get to him. Because all he all he has is wanting to get out and see his wife. And people try to get under his skin. Oh, yeah. And it takes a turn I didn't see coming. I did not see that either. You know, because, like, here's the thing. You have, a, you have, you have like, a black man who's been incarcerated doesn't you know doesn't do drugs doesn't do anything all he wants to do is get out and be with his wife you know because he's you know she's stayed with him like he knew she knew that he did something wrong and he just thinks about fantasizes about about being back with her 
And unfortunately, uh, he was released early. You would think that'd be great, but it was only because his wife had died. She yep. was in a fatal car accident. Which I don't believe is. To the story, I don't believe... I, I think it was set up. I think she was murdered. Because I think everything that needed to happen is set into motion. And then he meets a guy on a plane who knows everything about him. Mr. Wednesday. And he's like, How, who are you? And the guy's like, I have a job for you. And he's like, well, I have a job. Um, he's like, no, you don't. He's like, you have nothing waiting for you. <laughs> nothing waiting for you. Your wife is dead. And he like, so so Mr. Wednesday knew everything about yeah. him. So it kind of makes you think that maybe Mr. Wednesday is the narrator. You know? Um, and yeah, he asked him a job. And so... And so Shadow was just like, nope, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, not going to entertain this. I'm not going to do anything. All I want to do is go home. And, and, and the guy falls asleep. Mr. Winston falls asleep. And then he tries to wake him up and then he leaves. Shadow leaves the plane. Because he's on a plane and the guy, that's where he meets Mr. Wednesday. And it's just like this thing. It's like, I love that nothing can get under his, he's so cool. He's so calm. He's so collected. You know, he's just like he's I just know, about his life. Yeah, I want to know if something happened to where when he beats or when the assault and battery is because he lost his temper and now he knows. Like, I'm very curious as to the situations that put him there, mm. which is really good because in this first issue, uh, one of my customers came in. She was all excited. She she loves the book. She was excited to get this. And I said, uh, it's very wordy. And she says, well, if it follows the book, yes, because... They have a lot to um, they have a lot to get out to tell you. I absolutely loved the bathroom scene. That was so cool. Yeah, the the old man, the the, the old prison guy saying, "Well, you're in the bathroom. They can't. They when you have your remember shadow, you can't fight back when you're pissing." So he yeah. unzips his fly, pissed for an age, relaxing, feeling relief, and there is Mr. Wednesday. Just appears. And that's how he ends it. But he's pissing at the urinal. Yeah, with him. With him. Like, he literally, he wasn't there. Next minute, he is there. Yeah. So there's something special about Mr. Wednesday. And that's how they left it. And yep. I was like, what a clip. Like, you don't read Saga, but Saga, uh, Brian K. Vaughn ends every issue on a cliffhanger. And I think that is one of the best things because it really does get the reader to want the next issue. Yeah, it gets them invested. And that is how you know a comic is really good, is if you, they don't even say end, they just say, do you want a job? And it goes right to the strange story that really freaked Des out. It freaks you out too, don't even try it. No, it didn't, it was really cool. Um, so that was the main story. And then the backup story has a woman and a guy, and he enters her worshiping her, no, 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 no. They the have sex. Penis fails. We, we have to make sure we, people know this. Oh, yeah, they have sex. They have sex, but during the whole thing... She, he she, has to worship, worship well, she her. Well, she tells him. It's like, it's like, you know, tell me what you... Like, what, what am I to you? Yeah. You know? And he was just like, I worship your body. I worship everything about you as we're having sex. You know, and then, and then as he finally releases himself, I'm assuming metaphorically well, that's and what that physically, meant. yes, uh, with the sperm and the balls, she begins to uh, ingest him vaginally, um, and I was like, "What?" And it's like, and this, and this story right here was was drawn by Craig P. Russell. P. Russell. So the 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 imagery was amazing. P. But Craig Russell. I, P. Yeah, P. P. Craig Russell. 
but I was not, I just did not know what happened. And then like, and then she was just like, you know, she had, I don't think she had a name. She was just, uh, just a lot of starlight imagery and, and, you know, phallic symbols and, you know, vaginal symbols. And I was just like, I love what she says to the person on the other end. Yeah. The, well, the guy's no, phone honey, rings. He's not here. He's gone away. She turns the telephone off before he she flops on the bed in the dark bedroom. A red room, I'm sorry. The red room. Then she stretches once more. She closes her eyes and she sleeps after she's just ate this guy. Yes. And I was just like, wow. And then that ends. So yeah, you and so you like, have two endings. You're like, no. So then I asked Paul. The hell? I'm like, Paul, who is this? Because Paul's read the book. And I'm like, Paul, who is this person? What's going on? He's like, I can't remember. And I'm like, I hate you so much. <laughs> So I'm like, I don't know what's going on. You know, it's like it's like magic, like magical vagina. You know, it's just like eat folks. Magical vagina. All I'm saying is whether you read the book or not, whether you plan to watch the TV show or not. It's a pretty good comic. You really should read it. It's very good. Neil Ga- Neil Gaiman is really kicking it out, out of the park with, with, so, with his book. So you know what you're getting into. It was great. Desmond. What's up? We've had three good books. Yes. Okay, let's talk about Uncanny X-Men. Why don't you start? Okay. So, Uncanny Action, <coughs> number 19, Colin Bunn was the writer, Edgar Salazar was the penciler, Ed Taddeo was the inker, and Ulysses Ariola was the color artist. VC's Joe Caramanga was the letter, and the cover artist I have to give credit to, it is Ken Lashley and Nolan Woodard. I love, love, love Ken Lashley. This cover is gorgeous. I really wished he had done the whole inside, but he didn't. This guy actually, Salazar, pretty good. I hope the, yeah, that he decent. stays. It was decent. I really like it. Well, of course he's not going to stay because this is the last issue. Well, no, I mean staying Un- on the X-Men. Unbeknownst to anyone because it was not solicited as the last yes, issue. Yes, Marvel But likes, it is the last issue. Yeah, Marvel likes to, to stealth cancel, and this is the last issue of Uncanny X-Men. So, guess what? What? Sidelock kills Magneto. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. I wanted to look, because if Colin Bunn was going to be writing the new Uncanny, or the new Astonishing, I would have been happy with this ending. Charles Sewell will be writing the new Astonishing X-Men. And the reason I bring that up is because everyone they mention in this book will be in that other book. Um, Mystique will be in that other book, and, you know, Mystique got a little panel time. Everyone got a little panel time. Will be in that book. The only one that won't be is M and Sabretooth. Not a clue where that's Zorn. And Zorn. But it's like, I was really hoping that Bun would take over. Zorn's on the moon. Yeah, we know where he is. Um, If you've been reading the X Men, you know that Psylocke has told. You know, Magneto, I will kill you if blah, 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 whatever. If you play us. Uh, she gave an ultimate. Like, if you fuck with us, I'll kill you. Boom. Yeah. That was pretty much what she said. And she came to make good on that promise but in I, the Savage Land. It made me think of what you said when we were reviewing IVX. Was Magneto, was he, was it him? Was he the one doing it? Or was Emma pushing him to do it? Because... A little bit of both. So... I think she was playing him. I really think that he, if you if you read this, this is one of the books I actually really enjoyed, Uncanny. Out of the three books, I really liked Uncanny. I give it a meh. I'm saying for the, out of the three X books that Marvel has given us in the last year, 
Uncanny out of the other two were the only was the only one I read. Okay, like overall track. Record. Overall, okay. I enjoyed Uncanny. I really did. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I liked what he was setting up, but I feel like he didn't get time to tell his stories. Still, the the whole thing with Em and Sabretooth, Mystique, unresolved. Everything's unresolved, and I feel like this issue, while pretty and, um, I liked things that happened. Very disappointing for the last issue because it didn't really resolve anything. And it made me sad to know that the writer who set everything up won't be writing the next stories. So all the interplay that has been happening between these people, I just feel like it dropped. Like, I just don't understand. How can I put this? Is um, is Bun writing anything? For X in the X Men universe, I don't think he is. I can look up into that. I don't know off the top of my head, huh? Because that would be kind of weird. That's my point. You know? It was like he's done all this stuff, and then he brought in, and he's been writing Magneto specifically for like almost five years. His run of Magneto was, I am a huge Magneto fan, and I felt like Bun in the twenty-one issues that he wrote of Magneto's mini, well, mini series. Twenty-one issues isn't exactly many. The two years, two years. that he did it really got to the core of the character and a lot happened to him where he really worked through different processes. Mm -hmm. So when Uncanny happened and he had that, and they never really told you what was going on. They never really fleshed out anything. Like you knew that he was working with the Hellfire Club. One of the reasons she was, Psylocke was so mad at him. We really didn't see anything. We saw, you know, we saw Black Tom, not Black Tom. um, Yeah, we did. Black Tom was part of it. We saw Black Tom, we saw... Um, Shaw. 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 You know, the, we were introduced to the new Hellfire Club with M and Psylocke for like an issue and then it went nowhere. Yeah, that's what I didn't like either. It's like it was all supposed to be leading up into uh, something. IVX or something. And I just think that they, they went another route. And this issue totally feels like an unended story. Well, I, I think only to challenge that, only because I think Bun said... I. If you're changing my plans of what I wanted to do and the storylines that I wanted to tell, at least let me finish this. And so they, and so in, in a half-assed way, I think, and I, I, I'm blaming the editors for this. The editors allowed him to do that because in this book, um, Bun made it very clear in multiple issues that Psylocke did not trust Magneto and that she she was going to kill him if 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 he fucked her over, and he did, and she killed him. But did he? Yeah. How? Yeah, because because they were also always supposed to be working for the greater good, right? And all of the greater good that they were doing was at the expense of killing every of killing people. And I think that's what. And but I think greater that's good what, for who? Well, for the mutants. But I but I and think, that's what he was doing exactly. But Psylocke did not want to kill people in, in order to achieve that greater good. Oh, and so I, it's okay to kill one person? Oh yeah. And that's where I yeah I think in her, her mind it was I think her character coming out of Remender's X Force, and then going through the other X Force that no one read because it wasn't very good. Remember, I really I had high hopes it was her and Spiral and Bishop, oh, and yeah, it got th- really I weird. It was I thought it was great with the Demon Bear and all that shit. That was great. But for her character, I'm talking about oh, well. for her character, it wasn't great. Yeah, it was kind of a. And then we went through IVX where she had what one line and then got the beat or shit beat out of her in that yeah. one issue. I just think for her coming, I think Remender had her, and then what happened with her Phantom X? 
Well, I didn't like, I personally did not like her involvement with, with the whole, with the Warren thing and the Phantom X thing. And like, like at first I thought it was kind of cool, her and Phantom X, but that got really long in the tooth. And then they well, yeah, because they split up into three yeah. and she was sleeping with them. And, and then she, like, it, it was all, it was and... all, it was all convoluted. And then, and then they brought in Warren into the picture and I was just like, what's going on with her? You know, and I was just, now, but I, but I liked that didn't she, she have Warren in a leash and release. Wasn't that the idea in the beginning? Because he had no brain. That he was going to release her, yeah, yeah, almost and, like a Wild Child and Sabretooth. Yeah, she was controlling him, and that was the thing. Like because she 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 felt bad because he had lost his his mind, and she was fishing in there to try to bring him back. But while she was doing that, she was using him as a weapon, which is which is which is all kind. That's of, okay though. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Double standards, lady. So. For, but she killed him. But she killed him. She killed Magneto. At least you think she killed Magneto With because... Her, now, I was going to ask you. I love that. I've been reading that a long time. Her psychic blade has the ability to form solid and oh, yeah. kill someone. Oh, yeah. I love what he did with her real blade. That katana was all shattered and cut her. I was like, that's so but, cool. But she meant to do that. It was so cool. She meant to do that because oh, yeah. she because she pulled up her sword out from her back and came at him and stabbed him in the chest. Killed him. She actually fucking killed him, and then and then his get out of jail Elixir free card brings him back. Elixir with um, Exodus. Exodus found him and brought him back, and so everyone believes that he is dead now. But I don't understand how this works with X Men Blue. No, I don't. Because he's in the book, he's going to be the mentor. Yeah, or maybe there's not. Maybe it's, maybe they changed it, and all those listeds were already out, and so now we have to basically sit with what the solicits do. Now they're going to completely change it. Ah. So as, it's weird. A, as an X fan, I will say uh, this new guy's art, he draws a, the some forms really weird, but he fills a page. He understands the form. I think Psylocke is gorgeous in this. He reminds me of, he reminds me of one of the Cuberts. Uh, a little bit, not as yeah. ankled. But yeah, I think if he continues on a book and gets to keep drawing these people, he is going to be one of the next artists. I really liked his art. The colors... It was a very strong style. Yeah, this was a great issue, except for the parts that it wasn't. So, uh, I give it for the art, but as for the story, um, I think it was just them. I think it was just Bun's swan song. I really think that that's what they were trying to to achieve with this. And instead of just letting Manito die because they can't, you know, they they gave him a get out of free jail card. Well, so. I don't know. Next book we're going to talk about is a book that I didn't really think that I was going to like because I was like, what the hell is this? And, you know, <laughs> and it's, a, you know, it's a deviations one shot uh, from IDW and it's Star Trek. And so what the deviations uh, one shots are is in IDW, they have these different properties. And so they take the properties and they say they give it to the writer and they say in, in the history of this franchise, the history of this story Whereas one thing, one deviation from the story, from the history or the lore that could spin into something completely different, write a story about that. So basically, it's an Elseworld story, uh, said in these properties, sort of. You know, it, it, that's a really like like a layman's term for it, but it's it's pretty much an Elseworlds. And this one takes place with uh, Star Trek, and it was written by Donny Cates. Art by Josh Hood, colors by Jason Lewis, letters by And World Design. Um, production design by Neil Yukate. You, sorry, Yuya, Yuya Take. Sorry. Fantastic issue. I, I enjoyed the hell out of this. I'm a Star Trek fan. I've enjoyed it for a, I've enjoyed it for a long time. 
And I was just like, oh my God, what the hell is this? And I read, I just read it straight out without reading, um, like where, where it was from or the impetus or what was going on <laughs> you with didn't it. Read the cover page again. No, there was nothing on the cover page. <laughs> yes, there was. What well, really happened? Well, I understand that, but but I read it at the back. I read when they actually talked to the oh, writer. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. And the writer basically <laughs> said, like, this starts, this starts if um if they were going to do the next generation, mm-hmm. but the next generation uh would span out of Star 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 Wars was a sorry Star Trek was a movie series instead of a TV series, and so uh. And so it's like the you know the uh, I read it real quick just a little real quick you know in April oh 26th, Vulcans made first contact with the people of Earth in a small town in Bozeman, in Montana, and it was Zephyr Cochran, right? And the warp speed. Well, Cochran and the aliens were aided by Captain John Luke Picard and the crew of the USS Enterprise E, who had traveled back in time from the 24th century to defeat the Borg. The Borg and their queen intended to destroy the uh, Phoenix and thereby prevent first contact and assimilate Earth, but. They're thrown by Captain Picard and his crew. So this is is what's saying is um is that they went back in time and they just and they never like went back forward, um and they stayed there. So so this is when, uh, it takes place on Earth, and it's when the 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 Romulans, uh the Romulans take over and and are the first contact and not the Vulcans, and it's and it's if like Starfleet was was starting, and and um, the next generation crew were held in in like concentration camps, and they had to fight their way to get out, you know, um, of of Dodge. So, you know, basically, um, Worf is a pacifist because he was a one of the only Klingons, and he was they they beat him and made him beat his friends, because made him a prison guard. He didn't like that. Data is only a head. And they found him. Uh, Jordy found him when he was a kid, and Jordy's still very smart. And so Jordy basically hooked up uh, this Wi-Fi router to his head, to Data's head. So that's how he sees it through Data's eyes. But Data talks. It's really interesting. And then like they're led by um, Riker, who is like the leader, and Riker's trying to get through it, and they're trying to save someone. And so Tasha Yar, sorry, not Tasha Yar, uh, Deanna Troy was a um is like half bionic or half robotic because she was a because she's a betazoid and she would and she was they the romulans would would force her to use her empathic powers to you know to make people crack and make them talk and so she's like this badass you know person and like and then you no know, Riker you know all has this big ass beard and he's looked like snake Pliskin and she's just really good and like I don't know it's just, I was giddy the whole time I was reading it because it's like I expected it to be like some weird ass mirror mirror shit, but it was like it was so fucking cool and like and like they're kicking ass and and fucking like Donna Troy fucking... Donna Troy was kicking all Not kinds Donna of Donna Troy Deanna Troy you know her Donna Troy Deanna Troy was like she was just she was like an ass kicker and she was like you know she dies folks. and becomes Troya shut up and so it's it's just a really good book and it's a really good book and then they find John Luke Picard and they have to and they have to save him um and get him I, and then and then and then the, the cool thing is like Dr. Beverly Crusher has been taking care of him and they can't you can't leave and then like you know there's a big standoff you know between her and Diana and then 
and Riker gets shot, and Wesley's dead. I was like, oh my god, it was a great issue. Like I'm gushing because it was so good. That, like I wanted, like I really wanted to see more, but it's a one shot, so I have no idea if they're gonna. Yeah, make did you more love it at this. the end? It said to be continued. But it's not. I know it's not. It's not because because in every episode of Star of, of Star Trek Next Generation, it would say to be continued. You know, and it was just like, uh, and then the last panel, the last panel is they see the original Enterprise, the original Enterprise C, and I was just like, oh my god, like, are they gonna fly off into space? It's, oh my god! I, I was really like, I didn't think I was this much of a Trekkie, but I guess I was like, I really enjoyed this story. So I am not a Trekkie. I, I don't you, know these people. I hate you so much. <laughs> I had no clue what was going on in the original, but I'll tell you, I really enjoyed this. I hate you so much. I liked it. Why? I liked it. <laughs> I liked it because it was, it reminded me of the Elseworlds DC used yes, to do. Yes, thank you. I'm familiar with the characters enough to know who they are. Yes. And I'm glad Wesley was dead. Wow. Really? Yes. Wow. Um, oh my God. It was funny seeing Professor X with a big beard. <laughs> and that's the thing. The, the artists, like, they looked almost photorealistic, but different enough because Snake it was Snake Plissken was the first thing I thought of. I liked the whole thing with uh, the Reading Rainbow guy. Snake and, Riker. And the... New Jordy and Data. Yeah, I like that. That was that It was, was bizarre cool. because Data's head is, like, half there and the skin is half peeled off, which makes me think... Which makes me think if this was the one where they found Data's head in the past in San Francisco. Like oh. I'm wondering, see, and they had and they dug him up and San, see now it's a it's a reference to one of the episodes. This is what I love about this. It's like I can actually think about the episodes and be like, yes, this is so cool and meow 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 and yay. The art actually wasn't that bad. The in art some, was great. In some places, people their bodies shrink, but it's it's okay because it's perception. Yeah. Um, Death I the field. It. I enjoyed. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I did not think I was going to enjoy it. I really did. I really think you should pick it up if you're a Star Trek fan. Um, I agree. If you were a one, Star Trek fan, the one thing that was kind of weird was uh, Worf being a path pacifist. I mean, I, I was like, really? I was like, it just it just seemed kind of like that'd be the thing. And that's like, too easy. Exactly. It seemed a little too easy. But because the way they everyone, explained it, but not everyone was flipped, and it's weird that he was the one that was flipped. Like everyone else. They had their personalities changed well, because of what happened. Well, yeah, but 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 it made sense because he was the one that was made to hurt his friends. I don't know. I really you liked it. I really enjoyed it, and I think you should pick it up if you're a Star Trek fan. All right. So the next one we're gonna do DC Rebirth Universe uh, Batwoman number one. Another book that I really enjoyed, and I enjoyed it so much more than the first than the Rebirth. Than the Rebirth. I think the only reason why I did. Is because this was an actual story yes. where the rebirth was an actual was was just to like catch you up. All right, Marguerite Bennett and James Tinian the Fourth were the writers. Steve Epting was the artist. Jeremy Cox did the colors. Deron Bennett did the lettering, and Steve Epting did the cover. Oh, and J.G. Jones did the variant cover, which I loved. Mm-hmm. So, which lots happened. Um, not a lot has happened actually. <laughs> Well, compared to that first issue, the Rebirth issue, yes. Yeah, that's true. Um, Monster Men are still around. Batwoman is on the case, taking her forever to find this guy. But I love that it's it's international. Oh, like yeah. I love that they are staging this book internationally and how she's going to like Rocco and Rome and all these different places. It's an international feel, and I love that. She's getting out. You know, She's not trapped 
um, in Gotham City. In Gotham, because that is something that Tinian is doing in his book with her. And I love that this takes her out of that area and makes her this international agent. And like, and even even her her quote unquote Pennyworth. Oh Butler. my God! How excited! But she calls. She she basically says, "I'm your, I'm your, your, I'm M, your Alfred, your, your Alfred, your, your, your M, your Q." Like, I'm oh, well, that's these, at the uh, yeah. I like I'm that. All little, these things for you. Well, no, she said, "What are you? Yeah, are you this? That are you my? Are you his spy? Yeah, are you his spy? But one of the greatest things, if you had been reading Batman, introduced was Julia Pennyworth. Yes, the daughter of Alfred, and she is a British soldier. Soldier who knows protocol she she knows army i thought perfect fit i was really excited to turn the page and see that two kick-ass women i love that she's a i love that she's a woman of color it's just like and i love their bickering between each other and you have to remember this is all in her cowl so i love it how it's kind of like the the spider-man where he's always except for this issue he's not because he's so mad but he's always chattering on to people, to villains. Mm-hmm. I like the play between them because it's not only you need to help me, it's like they're they're bantering back and forth about this. Yeah. Uh, and earlier I was talking about it in Super Sons. Fucking Batwoman gets her bat cycle remote controlled to her. And later on when you're on the yacht, yeah, there's a yacht, you get to see like bat ski doos or whatever they're called. Like she has gadgets, bat arsenal. Her computer looks like the fucking bat. Okay, that's the thing I didn't like. You didn't like that? That was <laughs> a little too far for I you? I thought the bat computer looking like a fucking bat was like, okay, girls. Like, I get it. You know? I get it. We're, we're, we're really taking this branding to another level with this right here. Like, I loved it. I loved it. Like, I feel like, it's just like a Milton Bradley, you know, it. fucking bat computer toy. I was like, oh my God. So in it, um, before uh, Batwoman gets to know who the sellers are, the in the rebirth issue, we are introduced to this facial, it almost looks like a skull woman with knives. And of course, She's an assassin. she goes through a hole in the wall. I thought that was the funniest thing. I gotta say, that was the funniest thing to me. But now Batwoman has this knife uh, that was caused to kill. And but I love it, like, and, and like, the, like the Pennyworth says, like Julia's like, oh yeah, that we've we've on that, yeah, we've 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 been on that since you put it in your pocket. Yep. And I was like, oh my god, even her, even her fucking sits a computer, and it's just like, oh, like I love it. She's like James Bond in this bitch. I love it. That is it, and you know, of course, they have to go somewhere that was introduced in that rebirth. Yes, uh, Coriana. And I'm sure this Coriana. is a, yeah, this is like a uh, was it the Mediterranean. Mediterranean, yeah, and like it's an island that I supposedly she was with doing her during her days when she was sort of crazy and she rebelling. Was, it was the last year where she was rebelling, I guess. Yeah. She was rebelling and she was swimming and she got hurt and then she meets this woman and this woman is a lesbian. Uh, we're we're assuming we're not sure <laughs> we're not sure, but this woman is like I guess the 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 Don or the Donna Donatella or something. I don't know what the, you know, for like a, the, the, the head of the mafia of this Island or whatnot. Kind of like tiger tiger was in Madripoor. Yeah, when, exactly. When or, and Mul- Lady Hydra. Yeah. All that. So I, the part that, that Des was going to is when Kate asked Julia, the truth, are you my babysitter, my cue or Batman spy? And all Julia can do is drink her martini that those two panels to me, I was like, hmm. 
did she send, did he send Julia there to watch her, to babysit? Or no. is it true that you're going to help me out? She's going to help her out. And that, I think, is a dynamic, a huge dynamic for the tone of this book going forward. Because maybe I... She, maybe she's for her dad. I... Oh, that's Ooh. what I'm saying. I want to know because it, I mean, it's not going to make a difference to the story, but it, it, it will. That's what. If her dad's been, if this is her way of, if this, if this is the way of, of her dad keeping a track on her. So there's a lot of little things in this book that set it up as a number one that makes me want to continue reading. Oh, yeah. because Because in the first one, that's, that, the that first one did what it needed to do. The zero did what it needed to do. It was rough, though. I, I understood we needed it to get her to get us up to speed. But it also her. introduced some of these characters. Uh, it did. It did. It, it really made me want to go back and reread that that uh, rebirth. Because we're one. introduced to the two women, the yes. assassin and Sa Sapphire. Yeah, Sapphire. <laughs> Sapphire. Um, and then we get the lost year. Uh, we get introduced to Raphael. And he is Sapphire's right-hand man. Um, and they get to the place. No, no, remember. And then, like, she was uh, she was looking at some... She 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 hurt her head. She got up, and she was walking. Oh, and she sees them all there. Yeah. And with the, the assassin. The assassin was the one that, that, the that closed the door. So, we're like, so she knows what's going on with these people. So, so she's... And, which means she's keeping something from her Pennyworth. Yeah. So, I'm like, you know... You know I usually hate ass shots. But I loved the ass shot in this because for me, we're seeing the island for the first time. We're seeing it almost like she's seeing it, but we're also seeing her ready to fight. Fist shut. She she's ready to go. Yep. And then like five pages later, we find the same knife that killed the monster man has now killed Raphael. And he calls her Kate. And like he, he knows. He knows her identity. But how does he know her in the Batwoman costume? Yes. So And he's uh, like, why did you come back? And, and I'm like, oh, why did you come back? Like it it left on a cliffhanger that looks that that's amazing. Yes. Again, a cliffhanger that makes you want to read the next issue. I'm sorry, DC's doing so well by me right now. And I think they give enough in here to make you go, where can it go after? Because originally, if you remember. When we were talking about this before it came out, this was supposed to be Batman sending her about the Monster Men. And the Monster Men is just a small piece. Which I'm happy about. To this bigger puzzle. Which I'm happy about. Great book. You guys really should go and pick it up. It's really worth it. So now we're going to end the show on a big, big, big issue in which the Osborne identity started. It's uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 25. Is this going back to its regular numbering as well? Is this one of the books that's going back to its regular numbering? I think numbering? once we get to the Make Mine Marvel this fall, yeah. I because think it seems fall. like this would be one of the, a really good issue to start with issue 26 because issue 25 was a quadruple-sized issue. Like, there's so many fucking people. There's so many pages in this thing. 96 pages. Yeah, 96 pages, and it was 10 bucks, and I'm like, wow, and it was well so it, worth the money. It's literally three, $3.99 bucks. Plus extra. I mean, you get a lot in this. Yeah. And a lot of people were bitching, oh, it's 10 bucks, it's filler. I gotta be honest. There was only some one story. Filler. Only one there story were, was filler, though. There was only, I, I would say a couple, but the major, the bookends of the book are not filler. That last story and that first story, which is 40 pages, the first story was that long. And 
he put so much into it. Yep. And the last story I think is really important for the Secret Empire storyline that's coming up. Took a classic character, what had happened in the clone conspiracy, and gave him a new identity. I loved this. Yeah, book. this is see, and that's the thing. It's like we talk about people can't grow, and I think it's really sad because here we have a character, Doctor Octopus, who has grown immensely as a character. And I think the only reason why he could do that is because he is a villain. Like you can't have, you couldn't really have Peter Parker go through all that. I mean, you can. He sort of did, but it, but he didn't because there was like twenty plus issues in which he was gone, and it was all Superior Spider Man. Do you know how many people bitched about that too? I I know you were Crazy. one of them. <laughs> anyway, so Amazing Spider Man twenty five. At least through the main the, story. The main story was done by the amazing Dan Slott. Pencil was Stuart Immelman. Inks was uh, Wade Von Robiger. Colors was. Uh, Marty Garcia, and a letter was with VCs, uh, Joe Garamonga, and Alex Ross. Alex Ross did the cover. First story is basically about Spider-Man taking the information that he was given in uh, Spider-Man uh, Clone Conspiracy Issue 1 Omega uh, was given to him by the Kingpin, basically saying where uh, um, Norman Osborn is. And what we find out is Norman Osborn which was something that was alluded to like issues ago uh, with the goblin, the goblin war, whatever it's called. I can't remember what it's called in which, in which we thought he was dead, but, but he had used, uh, he was using someone else's face. He used uh, the original goblin's face and that's been going on. And so what Norman Osborn has been doing is, is using the faces of other mob people. And he's been basically living off of their, of their, of their money and their stuff. And he's been changing his face all the while, avoiding detection. I loved the first face we see in this because it reminded me of the ultimate Harry Osborn. Remember yep. where he turned into the demon? Yeah, the demon goblin. I saw that and I was like, this is so cool. Yep. So Spider-Man does the right thing, finally calls S.H.I.E.L.D. And S.H.I.E.L.D. says, okay, we're going to help you. And so they send they send Mockingbird to go with him. And the Red Spider and the, the, no, the tarantula old... Tarantula. Tarantula and Red and Spider. Death Spider. Oh, Death Spider. That was Red Spider. Or Death Spider. As they are in... I think they're in Spain. I think they're in Spain. But all the while, there is a female, you know, wearing cloaked... Wearing, wearing like stealth armor and she is trying to uh, do something. We think that she's trying to kill Spider-Man but we don't know what's going on. Like who is this person? And it goes on dun, for some dun, more. Dun. goes on for some more and we see that, then we see that, you know, uh, Osborn has been changing his faces. We get to see uh, Peter Parker talk about what's been going on with um, basically wraps us up about who we saw as he confesses to Ben Parker and they move him, they move his body, body yeah. so way no one can use that against him. And I love that shield did that and he was smart enough to do that. And then we see that, you know, May Parker keeps getting younger and younger. Oh my God. It's amazing. And then they track him. She is not frail. And when she's in that little black dress, you're like May Parker. Yep. Damn. Hello. Well, then they track, and then they track Norman Osborn to Shanghai and then to Hong Kong at Hong Kong. And, they start fighting again, and then Spider-Man sees that sees you know a gun floating, a floating gun with stealth armor, and, and kicks the assassin, and the assassin gets pissed because it turns out to be Silver Sable, what? who is trying to kill Norman, Norman Osborn, Osborn because she knows what was going on. So I always it was weird though because the solicits made it seem like Silver Sable was back to get revenge on Spider-Man for letting her die, but it, but she wasn't. She's fighting Spider-Man because she's trying to kill uh, Norman Osborn. So Madam Web told him she wasn't dead. Yep. 
and he was so Silver Sable died after Long time he ago. had said uh, no more kill. You know, no one else is going to die on my watch. Yeah, and, no, she was the reason. She, well, that's it. And now she's not dead. So I have a question: Was she brought back by uh, Ben Riley, or was she just never dead? I don't think she ever died. I don't think she ever because died either. She, it was the whole. She drowned. That was the whole thing. She, there was no way she would have drowned. Yeah, there's, and there was never a body recovered. No, that was one of the things in that issue or around that issue they made to show that a body was never found. But do you, but I have to tell you this, bitch. You have no idea how much I love Silver Sable. Really? I have always loved her character. I loved what uh, I loved what um, when I, oh my god, I can't remember his name. Uh, when McFarlane was writing, no, when McFarlane was drawing it, and it was um, oh my god, a. Uh, Macline was doing it and she was in she was in there with him like the 90s with Silver Sable and all the secret spy stuff they did loved it Eric Larson brought her back I, I was just about to say all I remember is because she always had um tied things to her everyone would draw like her headband would be floating out in a hundred places I love it she has the fucking headband too. and like oh. on her arm and like her set she always had things floating off her yep I absolutely adored this issue. I loved it. I thought it was great. I was like, give me more, give me more, give me more. So in this, they talk about maybe Mockingbird and him hooking up together. Are you yay? Are you nay? I thought that was so bizarre. But why? Why bizarre? Because he's always hitting on... Like, who at this point isn't he going to do? He needs to be with MJ. Is that what you think? No. No. Um, I'm really happy that Mockingbird is in, in limbo. She's been featured in this book before. He, Parker, designed the outfit, which, of course, she bitches about. Why didn't you give me the lenses or something? Um, because her book got canceled. It's nice to see her in costume fighting criminals and not whatever the hell she was doing in her it's book. It's good to see her out of costume being a human being and, and being the partner for Spider-Man. I really enjoyed this issue. Like I really enjoyed these forty pages, and it didn't it didn't seem like a chore to read. Like everything that was going was great. This is Dan Slott at his finest, really like giving us story. Like he really knows how to write Peter Parker and his his supporting cast. And I, and I I'm just so always surprised by people who are just like always talking shit about him. Oh, oh I'm glad you brought that up. I want to read you something real quick. I oh, know that's why I'm no I know I'm trying to segue you in, buddy. Okay, so this. Des and I love reading comments on lots of news stories. This was one of them. Dan Slott is writing this. There will be no romance. There will never be any grandchildren because of him and Marvel's heads. This, like all potential relationships post-OMD, will amount to absolutely nothing. Peter is destined to be an eternal Peter Pan with no true progression or development and kept in a perpetual loop of pointlessness. So who wrote that? I'm not gonna say his name. I don't know. This was this was a comment on one of the boards, and I first I want to say Dan Slott, Mr. Asshole, did not write one more day. He picked up afterwards and has put this book back together. He has brought Peter. I don't think Peter is in a stage at all. I think throughout this he's learning so much. He he has just tackled. Uh, Gwen Stacy, yep. one of his the first deaths in his life, I mean, besides Uncle Ben. And I think reading that, I think that you've been reading it for forever. I haven't. I started with right after One More Day because that first 
that first couple arcs really focused on his villains, and I loved that. And then it focused on Craven. Remember the Craven storyline? Oh, yeah. So here we are now. Okay, Peter hasn't had that many uh, girlfriends, say, but I don't think that there's a pointlessness to this story at all. No. I mean, I'm thinking, I think... And, I and obviously he's never read that. Well, no, I understand where this person's coming from. He, he wants... I think he... And I, I'm, I'm only going to venture in for a little bit about this because I don't like, you know, feeding trolls and, and, and doing stuff like that. But it's funny that you would say that. I think with Spider-Man, and again, I said it earlier and I'll say it again, you're, you know, Spider-Man and Peter Parker is that character that they they messed up with him, I believe. And now we're finally at a point where Peter Parker can be Peter Parker and hopefully he will find love. I don't know if it's going to be with Mary Jane or not. Uh, we have another book. If you want to read that, you can and read it and uh, renew your vows if you want that story. Um, and that, I think that's the best that we're going to get out of, out of, out of Peter Parker with that thing, with, with, with him in the love with Mary Jane right. and having the kids. That, that, that's, that is, that is, if you're, if you're out crying for that, read that okay i'm sorry read that because spider-man amazing spider-man that's not gonna happen peter parker is going to be that that single guy because he's always gonna put his responsibilities before anyone else thank you because that is what this the first part of it talks about but one thing that, that and i'll say it again one thing that people forget is that dan slot has been smart because he's not been writing just one peter parker he's been writing two and that second one is Dr. Otto Octavius. And I'll tell you why. Because he was able to inject Peter into Octavius and Octavius into Peter. So, and I don't know if you guys saw that or missed it or saw what's going on. Is now he's been writing too. And we've been seeing not only the, the, um, the progression of Peter Parker, but we've been seeing the progression of Dr. Otto Octavius now uh, as well. You know, And that's what you're able to get. And, and I think that's what's so cool about Dan Slott is I think he understands that you cannot do you can't do that much with Peter Parker because Peter Parker is a brand. Spider-Man is a brand. Spider-Man is like we see him in the movies, we, we're not going to have it. That's why you'll never see, you know, a black Peter Parker. That's why you'll never see, you know, um you, you never see that because Peter Parker is a face of Marvel. Spider-Man is a face of Marvel. That suit is iconic. That's what's going to happen. But what you can see is a Peter Parker version with Doc Ock and that's what we're seeing. And that's what we got with Superior Spider-Man. And I see, and that's the thing. I didn't have, I believe, the emotional maturity and the understanding of see what Dan Slott was doing. And that's why I was like, I didn't really like Superior Spider-Man because this is not my Spider-Man. And for me, I loved it because it took that twist. And you know, I love exactly. twists. And I was, but I wasn't able to, to, to fully appreciate it until it was done and I got to see exactly what Dan Slott was doing. Because I'm not and it stupid. Fed into, and it fed into a, the clone conspiracy. Exactly. I'm not stupid. I've read comics for a long time, so I knew it wasn't going to last. But I was one of those naysayers that was just like, oh, it's all for gimmicks. Oh, so that. It was a gimmick, yes, yeah, sure. But it was, it a, was gimmick a gimmick that, that worked. worked. Exactly. And so, now we're getting, we're getting the new superior octopus. So the last story in uh, number 25 is Dan Slott was the writer. Giuseppe Camicoli was the penciler. Cam Smith did the ink. Jason Keith was the colorist. And VCs Joe Caramanga was the letter. And I bring this up. This will continue in Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man number 29, 
for the Secret Empire. This is uh, Otto's new body. Yeah. And he has merged with Hydra. Aaron, oh, I can never say his damn name. So what's really great Arn, about the... Arlem Zona. What the hell's his name? Just Zola. Arnim Zola. Yeah, it's just Zola. Um, was in his base. Yes, with with, with a fr- with a splinter cell of Hydra. And I think it's really weird why Zola wants Parker Industries destroyed. I don't understand that. It's part of the bigger mystery, I guess. But oh, I think it's I think it's because uh, Zola is working with Captain is working with Captain America, and that's why they want it because because they, it would bring him down. Exactly, that makes sense. But otherwise, he has no personal. I just exactly. I thought that was really. It's all odd. because of Hydra. So they, Hydra and uh, Zola, design and remake a brand new suit, and he is now the superior octopus. Odd name. No, what I like about it is because it looks like Hydra. It's green and black with the yellow, so it's so it's it's got a Hydra bend to and it. And the tentacles, as you cut one off, one more. No, no, it has the tentacles because yeah. it's an octopus and a Hydra. But what's great about it is it kind of mirrors uh, Armored this, Spider. Well, yeah, it does. But that's the whole what I thing think. between it's the like, eyes. It is. It's a Spider-Man costume. I, I try, but 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 even even Doctor Octopus's new body is is an amalgam, amalgamation of of cells from Doctor Octopus and cells from Ben Riley. Yeah. So he actually has pseudo spider powers. Like I just, it sounds like it, it sounds so crazy, but it works. It works in the narrative because Dan Slott loves these characters and he has done so much groundwork. See, that's what I understand. Yeah. I, love I love it, it when he says love octopus it. sense tingling. Yes, like so it's great. It, it it's a lot of fun. I, it's fun if you if, if you can't see the sheer you like joy and just giddiness of reading this and just be like, uh, I, like I don't know what's going on with you personally. I think this I think this book is amazing. I loved it. I can't wait to review Ben Riley the Scarlet Spider. Yep. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about that book. You already read it? No. Oh, okay. No, I just can't wait. I think I don't think it's Ben Riley. You don't. You think it's going to be Kane? Mm-hmm. All right. I think. I think it's a. I think it's a double cross. I think it's going to be Kane, and Kane is going to be chasing Ben Riley. So on on Tuesdays is when I get my comic books, and I when I. Oh, I'm coming on Tuesday. I'm when I it. when I separate them. Oh yeah, I'm and coming. I'm seeing you on Tuesday, sir. No. So listen. So for this amazing Spider-Man, I knew something was going to happen in it. So the very first thing I do whenever I get all the comics, I always go to the last page. Now the last page in this triple-sized issue just happened to be the last story and they were really smart putting an important piece last yep so that you gotta get through it all like because i had no idea this was happening in the back i was just reading it and reading it and reading it and just reading all the stories there's like six stories in here and i was reading some are better than the others you know and i got to the end and i was like finally we get to see what happened to Sp- Dr. I, body. Was so, I was gonna actually take a picture of that and text it but i didn't want to spoil it for you it was it was good it was amazing ah all right, you guys. Thank you, everybody who's listening. Thank you so much for, for tuning in uh, for this episode of the Geek Chat. We very, 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 very much appreciate it. Uh, Want to give a thank you to our sponsors. First sponsor is Gene Gilmet of RLT Press. Uh, he is the artist who does all the great pictures of you know Rich trying to kill me and all that really good uh. stuff. So you can check him out at RLT Press. You can also check. Uh, he's also a uh, contributing artist to. Um, Comic Book Resources, their column, The Line, It Is Drawn. And he's done a fantastic, you know, uh, various different uh, pieces of artwork. Uh, and some of his artwork is, is is on display and for sale at Whatever Comics. Uh, so please come down and uh, pick up one of his prints. And again, check him, check him out on 
rltpress.com. We want to give a special thanks to Terry Miller, who was our mistress of the mixed board. She's the one who does all of the fantastic sounds you hear uh, on this show. Thank you so much, Terry. And I want to give a special thanks to our major sponsor, Whatever Comics, located at 548 Castro Street, located between 18th and 19th, sunny San Francisco. Check us out on the web at whateverstoreonline.com. The new storefront should be coming in the next couple of months. And check us out on Facebook under Whatever Store. Give us a like. Yep, and please stop in. We're going to have a whole bunch of changes, so please stop in. It's, it's, it's going to be a different, a different, whole different store, so come and take a look. So, thank you so much. I'm Desmond. I'm Rich. And we'll see you later. Bye! Geek Chat.